Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is a strategic advantage. You're going to need a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. You need to act effectively. You don't have a whole lot of time. You don't have a whole lot of money. You got to make it happen and you got to do it right. That means you're going to need leverage. This is what the labels are looking for. The managers are looking for. The publishing companies are looking for. This is what the booking agents are looking for. They want to know that you're already doing it. They can't make you an artist. They can't make you something else. They can help you get to somewhere that you need to go, but you got to show that you've already done it to a degree. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a backstronym. And that is created by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he will connect you with the pros so you get a shot. Find out where the bar is. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities, and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. Investors are the money folks, y'all, and the investors like those numbers because they know numbers can't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing? Man, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I stayed up too late last night writing and working and stuff. And so hoping my coffee kicks in any minute now and my lion's mane mushroom extract stuff. Uh, I'm trying to see if it wakes my brain up. Well, I'm pissed off because the Packers just lost the first game of the season last night. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Screw up. I didn't get Oh, uh, man. Like, we're about to tie the game. Uh, I was just, I didn't even want to talk about it. But well, it's okay. I'm happened. a Razorback fan. Life is hard all the way around. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Anyway, so today we are going to dive into, this is a question that came into me through the Pick Your Brain. So every other Friday now, I'm doing Pick Johnny's Brain. And if you've got an artist relation question, if you have an artist development question, if you have a marketing question, a social media question, whatever your question is, you email it at info at daredevilproduction.com, info at daredevilproduction.com, and put Pick Johnny's Brain in there. I'll answer the questions. And usually it goes in the mini series where Mm -hmm. I can just pack it all into 15 minutes. But this one, I think we can expand on a little bit. So we're going to talk about just trying to understand the challenge of what is the artist's brand? Who is the artist? Who are you? Who are you really? Mm -hmm. Like not who you think you are. Sometimes that's different. But who are you really? How do the other people see you? And then that is going to help you connect better out there in the marketplace. So that's what we're going to dig into. But first, let's take first. Business. It's a digital world out there, but it's still important role to have physical media at every show for the independent musician. Like straight up, we're in overblown mode with, we got two artists on tour this fall and we're creating all kinds of merch, man, because we Mm -hmm. don't have any restrictions on the opening slots, which is cool. Sometimes you get that, but our headliners are not doing that to us. So thank you to the headliners, to the Dangerous Summer for the Broken and to the Texas Hippie Coalition, aka THC. Mm Mm-hmm. The Allura Tour. That's fun. They're being super cool to us. But you need merch and digital royalty payments are so small that you sell a one CD or a vinyl or t-shirt. It's the income generator. It's how you get to the next town, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for a little bit of math, you know, knock, knock. For every CD you sell at a gig, you need about, oh, 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. So that's a whole lot of streams. So you can go out there, do both. I'm a fan of both. I'm an all the above kind of guy. Sell your CDs at the gig because, man, if you're leaving a lot of money on the table, right, when you should be putting the merch on the table, if you're just hoping streaming is going to save you on that because you need a whole lot of streams from a whole lot of people that don't know you exist yet to make the same amount of money as you will from just putting on a great show and selling some CDs. Boom. And the good thing is our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for such CDs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, even like T-shirts and all that good stuff. 
You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> Love that joker. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, by the way, join the climb community if you haven't done it. We want to welcome mm-hmm. you to the climb community. Come and hang out. This is a community for songwriters, for indie artists, for musicians that are just trying to get ahead. It's a very active community. There's lots of stuff going on in there. Lots of information happening on a regular basis. I'll throw some funny stuff in there once in a while, keep Mm -hmm. you entertained. People asking questions, other people in the community answering it. And Brent and I are chiming in as much as we can. Admittedly, I haven't been there a whole lot lately because- And I've been in jail. I've been in crushing. You've been in jail. Yeah, you're a- Facebook jail. You're a degenerate Facebook post. Recidivism is the word of recidivism. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. <laughs> means getting thrown back in the clink after you just got let out of the clink. <laughs> Going back in. All right. Well, go to go to the Climb community on Facebook. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in and figure it out for yourself. It's like, just going to get a little bit closer to the heart and the pulse of what's happening here. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast so that you get mm-hmm. every single episode and you can go back and pick and choose the episodes that speak to you through the title. We're trying to get our ratings and reviews up. We're trying mm-hmm. to make that happen. So take 30 seconds. You've been thinking about it. I know you've been thinking about it. You've been thinking about it. Uh-huh. Do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. Just take 30 seconds right now. Press pause. Leave us a rating and review. Your honest rating and review. Tell us why you like it. And that helps other people come in. And then finally, tell some people about it. Share it. If there's an episode that just blew your mind, that gave you that aha moment, we, we get that often. I get emails on this often. Please post it on your social media. Tell people about it. Let them know this is, this is cool. It's, it's good stuff. It's worth your time. And That's we appreciate right. it. And uh, just a quick survey of the climate community because it's not your average bear. We have Johnny giving away a free ebook, which is awesome. We have a gig alert. Uh, on there, which we do. And so it looks like, let's see, it looks like Don Teasdale, who's a climber, is singing on Sunday at a special event in Maryland, remembering the songs of George Harrison. And some other people have some gigs they posted, somebody asking about, hey, what are some good budget hotels in Nashville for my trip? And the people commenting on that. We have the uh, you know links to the new blog posts and links to the climb episodes. We also have our new heights section where people can post some wins they've had for the week. And let's just see here. What's we get regular stuff posted there all the time. Yeah, rain, so here's, I'm just pulling one off here heather evans has a song the top running for a huge ad so she's hoping to pray it's the one and so am i heather and come on heather come on heather come Come on on. get it keep on climbing so randy england finished four songs this week tracked vocals for co-write and tracking demo i guess what ended up being last night and some new co-writes and so you know people just putting their wins whatever they are might be getting cuts might be getting holds i found out i have a single coming out on a southern gospel artist i'm happy about hey hey first single in that world and you know so people just sharing what it is kind of whatever your level of win is and there's other stuff going on there too so it's a cool community the climb community i gotta post in there i gotta post in there about our wins we get so many wins and we don't post like (laughs) too busy winning That's how I like to think about it. <laughs> I th- I'm going to roll with that, yeah. <laughs> Wise man said there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. That, that, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy Webb. So here's the question okay, for Don today. Schlitz. I, I just got to point that out. Normally I let that slide, but just because people are going to listen and I, people want to hear me about it. That was the gambler, Don Schlitz and Kenny Rogers. Oh, I thought that was Jimmy, Jimmy Webb. Webb. Oh, I was wrong. No, no sorry. I just, sorry, Don. Not Don, to call you my, out, but my bad. it's going to reflect on me. My bad. So he wrote, <laughs> he wrote. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Webb was like, by the time yeah, I get to Phoenix, Glenn Wichita Campbell. Lineman, yeah. Glenn Campbell yeah. stuff. And so Oof. this was Don Schlitz. Wichita Lineman, man. Like, so I thought of my dad after my mom passed. And I thought mm-hmm. of that song. I listened to that song. I just, all of a sudden, I got it. Oh. <laughs> like, I've heard it a million times, but now I'm like, oh, God. Oh, that long, Oh, I thought of my dad. My dad's a Wichita Lineman. That's a good song, man. It's, that's a it's good great. And I'm, I'm not saying it to bring you down. I'm saying that's... That's the power of music, man. That's an amazing tune. So, so this is an email from Keith Pro, who's a climber. Got a couple artists that he represents. And I'm going to read you the email, and then we're going to kind of dive into it. So it says, uh, Johnny, hi, hey, Johnny, hope all's going well. Love to see you expanding and covering more challenges artists are having. One question that has been a challenge with a few of the artists that represent at Indie Band Guru is determining a unique artist brand. Beyond an artist bio, who is the artist? And also finding the proper demographic of fan that would appreciate that artist brand. 
I know he says that this is a slightly confusing question. Not to me, it's not. So he said, feel free to reach out to me with any questions or further explanation. Said, you guys are awesome. Speak soon. Keith Pro. This is a challenge that I have even with our clients. Part of our job description is to help bring that brand out. And a lot of times it happens with certain artists that have been doing it for a while. It happens sort of to a degree happens naturally. Mm -hmm. They just keep doing it and doing it and they sort of slip into these things. But the most common issue I see is they're just trying to put up as much as, especially the bands that are working more and more, they just want stuff that's just about the band. Mm -hmm. About the artist, which can be, which can come off digital to be a little obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah. Meaning posting stuff about the band only in their marketing materials and that kind of stuff. Yeah, or the artists only, look at me, 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 we're playing here, look at me, look at me, we're recording here, look at me, look at me, look at me. All that stuff is relevant and personal to the people who are aware of the artist. And are already fans, right. And of course, as an artist, we want to feel like we want that attention, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've had to come up with like different ways to try to sell that. Right. Because the first thing we do, we start posting stuff and we're posting stuff that isn't all about the artist. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, oh, gee, uh, I don't know about that. Like if, uh, you know, it's like not all about me. All and right. like, yeah, it's not. And then it's kind of breaking up my Instagram feed, which is all selfies. Yeah, ex- exactly. Promo shots. It's kind of breaking it up exactly. with that other picture. Exactly. And so the other pragmatic part of it is they're all like, I want more content about me. And we're like, okay, so give it to us. And then they can't because they don't have it. Yeah. So what are we going to do? And why do we do it that way? Why am I being pain in the arse with it like that? Mm -hmm. I'm going against the flow. I've got to manage expectations on that. So I've got to tell them, hey, FYI, this is going to feel a little weird right out of the box, but just let it happen. (laughs) That's creepy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I feel creepy when I say it, but I'm like, man, you got to just trust the process. Trust, trust the, the process. process. Right. That's less creepy. So what is the artist? Brand? I think obviously it's different for every artist. You start with the questionnaire. We offer a free questionnaire. Any climber, you just go to daredevilproduction.com forward slash discover your brand. Daredevilproduction.com discover your brand download the free questionnaire. I think we got the latest one up there, which just means it's longer. It's either 150 or 200 questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. These are getting to know you questions. This is the actual questionnaire that we give to our clients. When you come on board, Daredevil, take us, start paying us a retainer. You got to fill out this questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, oh, this is taking forever. I can read you the email complaints from the last five artists we brought in. Like, dude, what is going on? Just keep going. Just keep going, just right. answer it, just answer it. Because they're getting to know you questions. You know, I want to know. Come on, you want to talk about yourself? There's your chance. You know what? Like, I don't do that. I need to say that. First of all, this gives you a chance to talk about yourself. Like, right. I want to know about you. All about <laughs> you, you. Because you're the big, bright, signing star. And that really is what we're trying to do. But there are questions as light as top 10 favorite songs, top 10 favorite bands, favorite guitar players, favorite drummers. Mm-hmm. Favorite, like, I want, do you have an opinion on it? You know, is it Gibson or is it Fender or is it just about the color you want to put on the record? What kind of cars do you like? We've had an artist who's like, I mean, this sounds silly. He was a, a redneck four wheeling right wing total country guy mm-hmm. and loves four by fours and mud and bar 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 and so first post out of the box i got this killer jiffy of a of a massive like white ford four by four pickup truck with mickey thompson super swampers mud and spitting up stuff i thought he's gonna love this and be great and then he calls me back he's like man i deleted that and i'm like <laughs> okay what, what happened you know he's like no white trucks no ford anything else i was like okay <laughs> yeah if you're listening to that you may be rolling your eyes going what a douche no man that's if that's who he is like if that's a conversation i'm gonna have with that guy sitting on a couch mm-hmm. and we start talking about pick him up trucks and he's like dude why don't get white and here's why and ford you know found on road dead right you know, yeah filler repaired daily like everybody's got their thing for right. chevy or ford what that is is culture Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to find out, like, number one, what's his culture? Yep. And number two, what culture of people are going to hang out and want to relate to that? And then, hey, by the way, do the curtains match the carpeting? Is the artist singing about what stuff they care about and what, what their they culture is? About. Yeah. Not that right? he has to be singing about I hate white trucks. 
Right. But through the course of all those questions, you should kind of get a feel for like, okay, that makes sense with his music. You should be able to listen to his CD and a stack of other people's CDs and pick out whose it is. Yeah. If the artist, this artist didn't, but if the artist continues to grow and continues to move forward, well, you know, Chevy or Dodge might be real interested in knowing that they're adamantly against Ford. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they might like that. So I, you know, when it comes to, figuring out the brand and you've got to treat it from the artist's perspective. So maybe you're listening to the podcast and maybe you are a musician with an artist. And so maybe your brand is different than the artist's brand, mm-hmm. right? And maybe the artist's personal brand is different than the artist's, the face that the artist puts out there, like Alice Cooper or David Bowie or, you know, something like that. It could be, it could definitely be that. Guar. I mean, there's all these different bands that put on these different, a lot of those um, metalcore bands have these things. That, Theatrics you know, and... Yeah, yeah. And if that's part of it, then... But you have to determine that as a brand. Some of the questions we're asking in there, like, name three things that make your hair instantly stand up on the back of your neck, that get your blood boiling. Mm-hmm. Three things where I can say one word and just piss you off. Right in there, I'm going to find your core values. I'm going to find things that are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. with you as a human being like brent we're gonna come do this record and you're gonna denounce jesus not gonna happen yeah see non-negotiable non-negotiable right non-negotiable so these are the, and that's a core value right and it like, could be like hey we want you to ronald reagan came back from the dead and he wants to use your song for his re-election campaign his three election yep you can jump up and down or stomp your feet and go no right never right yeah or be like, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's going to be part of your culture because you know what? People that feel the same way are probably going to kind of feel the same way. And there's the culture. So here's the way I kind of, we just took on this new band, killer metal band. They're called Weapons of a New. Mm-hmm. The lead singer Ray's from a band back in the 80s called Spread Eagle. They're killer. I mean, these guys just rock, man. They're fantastic. <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love yeah. them. I just love it. <laughs> Imagine the album covers, you know? Oh, <laughs> the way I kind of like sold it to them was I said, okay, look, guys, well, you know, once we get these questionnaires in, then part of our job is to expand your brand, is to find more people that can connect with you. And that's about like who you are and what you stand for. I said, have you ever gone after a show? Because after every show, they'll go to the merch table and meet everybody, sign autographs, take pictures, and do the whole rock star thing. Mm-hmm. Said, and you get into conversations with people over there on the table. They're like, yeah. I said, well, did you ever all of a sudden just have like a fan bring up, you know, whatever your favorite movie that you love, mm-hmm. and then they're quoting your favorite movie, and then all of a sudden you're quoting, and then all of a sudden you guys are carrying on together. And you're having like a real personal moment. Yeah, and you're just having, and it's funny, yeah, and you're just, you're entertaining each other, kind of, right? And and then all of a sudden, like, the reality is, you don't know that person from a can of paint, right? But you like them a little bit better. Oh, for sure. They're my people. They're from the mothership, as Johnny would say. Yeah, yeah, and so that's the culture. So I'm saying, guys, like, think about that, my job is to kind of take some of those conversations that you might have and try to get them started on social media. Mm-hmm. Do you just take every recipe that has garlic in it and double the amount? I do. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, I mean, I can't taste or smell anything, so it's got to show up on my radar screen. But I mean, some people are like, well, duh. Every Italian's like, uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, like the recipes I got from Mama were already doubled, so you don't want to double it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's not a subtle thing. Or you hate garlic, or you're gluten-free, or you're, I mean, there's just a million things that people connect on. And when you can find something that's for you that you can connect on, all of a sudden it just makes you a little bit more interested in something. And the thing is, like, say the garlic thing. Now, is that going to run your fans off? You know, may stand a little further back in the meet and greet line because of your breath. But that's a harmless thing. So at worst, this is going to be a conversation starter, people sounding off on it on socials and that's great because it hey people are hey it's a party people are talking and at best somebody goes wow yeah man me too you know it's that the positive me too kind of thing i know i think that's important i think it gives an artist a handle a different kind of handle that a, a fan can grab onto and hang on to yeah he's like velcro you know has all these little hooks right or all these little loops that uh-huh. fans can hook into like the other side of the velcro yeah and so the more kind of loops you have out there I double my garlic. I love the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, they I'm look stealing that. Blowing That's up. a great way to describe it. There's more way to be sticky to your fans because they all these different little hooks for your fans to latch on to. 
Yes. The yeah. music's got to be there. But sometimes, honestly, I like some artists more than I like their music. Yep. Because, like, they're my people. It's not quite my music, but they're my people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or there have been some fans who are like, I want to like your stuff more because I know they like some of the same stuff I do, da, da, da. And it, you know, it gives you an affinity. It's affinity marketing, right? Yeah. Think about, um, so I know, like, when Tori Amos blew up with Little Earthquakes, first of all, I mean, artistically amazing record, mm. right? Look, I just listened to that again last week. and it Was, was that the one with If God Was One of Us? No, that's not Tori Amos. That's um, yeah, Joan Osborne. No, that's who that of, is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I'm thinking By the way, uh, worst song on that record. <laughs> it was that's the it. single worst song on that record. If you uh, go listen to that Joan Osborne record and listen to the whole record, and that's like, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's not a bad song. I'm not saying it's, it's just, a bad song, but it is like the rest of the record is so much cooler than that song. Yeah. Like that record was phenomenal, but no, I'm talking about Tori, Tori Amos, Amos. Yeah. and little earthquakes. And she has the song on there. So Tori is the bleeding artist, the brooding mm-hmm. artist. Okay. She's the real singer songwriter. I'm going to tell you the crap that's going on in my life right now. Yeah. Think about it. I'm going to give you the feels. And she taught, she, you get a glimpse inside how women kind of think where, you know, this jealousy song's in there. One of the songs she has, Two Men and a Gun or something, it's about her getting raped and it's really heavy because I don't think there's any music in it. I think it's just like acapella, spoken word. There I was on the hood. And it's like, oh, man. But here's the thing. So that happened to her. And I remember going to the first show and the crowd is loaded with people that I know for certain because it's palpable when you're in the audience have gone through that too. Mm -hmm. And so they are laser focused on her living every single word that she went through and going through what they went through. Mm -hmm. And it's like a healing process for them. So there's another deeper version of culture. Right. Like mm-hmm. we're the culture, we're the broken culture. I mean, we're all broken, but we're yeah. the, we're the really messed up culture that got just screwed. Literally. Like we got violated and mm-hmm. didn't have to happen. And, and why was that? And you're confused. And, you know, I have no idea how, what somebody thinks in that situation oh, no. that I do, but they are communicating. Yeah. They're communicating. And so, you know, that Bill Clinton thing, I feel your pain. Yeah. We want people that. I thought you were going to give away with the Bill Clinton thing. No, he, he's felt a lot of other stuff, but the, one of the things that he, a positive political thing was him, you know, I feel yeah. your pain, you know, like yeah. relating to people and going, I get it. And now, Tori, having literally gone through that awful thing and writing about it proves that, like, yeah, I do feel your pain. And yeah. there's a, it's going to be a deep connection there. Yeah. Her brand is so cordial, very intelligent, very, she's, I mean, a virtuoso piano player, right? Mm-hmm. She always travels with her Bosendorfer. It's her piano. Like she's that. It's not just, oh, let me slap on a couple of keys. It's like, no, no, that's the one. Like, it's like your favorite mm-hmm. guitar. It's like a 59 Les Paul, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, no, that's the one. That comes with me. And I've seen a couple of shows from her and she's so amazing, but she's a little dirty. She's going to be the lady in the living room. And if, if you're married to her, oh man, she's going to light it up in the bedroom. You just know, you know? Yeah. Like, she's like, she's a little dirty like that, sexy and, and not afraid to be, she's not afraid to be edgy. She's not afraid to make people feel uncomfortable. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Mm-hmm. Right, she's. You know, I'll be honest. A lot of this conversation is making me uncomfortable right now. <laughs> well, see, that's a, but that's her brand, right? Like that's, yeah. but that's who she is. Okay, that's who she is, and that's the way it comes across. And so you have to be really. I think when artists don't know what their brand is, I think you're thinking about the music too much at first. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you think about the music at first. Maybe I'm being wrong here, but I think. Let me give you another way to spin it. So there's one question that artists get all the time that either pisses them off, annoys them, or they're trying to be accommodating and they want to answer the question, but they just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And here it is. You've all heard it a million times. What do you guys sound like? Oh, right. You're like, Uh, eyes roll. The big sigh. Like, geez, man, come on. We don't sound like anybody. You want to believe you're not sounding like they're not asking you about your music. Sounds like they're asking you about their music. Mm-hmm. But they're asking you, what's the culture? Right? What's the culture? Like, what's the tribe? What's the tribe like? Is this the tribe that I want to join? Right? Mm-hmm. I love hair bands. I love metal bands. But I don't love death metal bands. Mm-hmm. So if I got friends that are in a death metal band, we can be friends. But I don't want to go to your show. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be in the mosh pit. Yeah. I'm not interested. I don't like jam bands. Mm-hmm. I don't consider the Allman Brothers really to be jam bands. They get thrown into that sometimes. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is because they had the same manager for a long time as, as the Grateful Dead, the same promoter manager. But the, if you're telling me like, let's go see a widespread panic show, like not interested. Yeah. It's not your thing. Yeah. Are they great musicians? Yeah. You know, fish, yeah. great musicians. Yeah. Is it genius? Yes. Not my tribe. Right. Yeah. I don't do that. It's just nothing I'm interested in doing. What is the culture? Like, what's the, who am I going to be hanging out with? Am I going to find some new friends? Am I going to, is this a tribe I want to belong to? Mm -hmm. That's what they're asking you. Yeah. I remember an interview with uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth. So this was back in the nineties. And it's back when, you know, Walking on the Sun and uh, was out. And, you know, they covered I'm a Believer, you know, for Shrek. Uh And anyway, talking to the guy and he's like, I want to be the best and the biggest fun and sun band in the world. That's it. Best, biggest in the world, fun and sun. I'm like, bam, there it is right there. You want that? You go to them. Knows his lane. Knows Knows his lane. That's what we do. That's what we do. Knows the culture. Not just the biggest band in the world. Biggest fun and sun. I think is kind of what he said. Fun and sun band in the world. Right. So you know what? Brand is not. Hey, now you're an all-star. (laughs) <laughs> it's just fun. I'm a believer. Fun, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not and, trying to be counting crows. So let's talk about that for a second. So people get hung up on brand is they try to connect brand to the music mm-hmm. and they directly, it's about the music, but it's indirect. Okay. And they try to connect brand a lot of times to logos. Yeah. Right? Like people think logo when they think brand. You do. Yeah. That's not the brand. The brand is how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. Right. So what's the brand of Smash Mouth? Say Fun it again, and sun, baby. Fun, Fun and, and sun. sun. This is spring break, man. We're mm-hmm. on the beach. You got a beer in your hand. Woo! It's young. It's a young audience. This is what we do over here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nothing heavy but my cooler. Right. What does Buick yeah. make you think about? Well, car, solid. But what's the brand of Buick? Buick is old. Like, that's what you get when you're retired. That's yeah. a, so I was thinking not- solid. Like, I think of a big block car <laughs> well yeah, you think of the real old buicks right yeah, like exactly yeah <laughs> the tempest or something like i don't that. even know 
I'll take 1980s Buick. It's a Buick is old man. It's golf. Mm-hmm. It's this is what you get, and it's very male, I think, and it's very retired, sophisticated, older. But you're not a Cadillac, right? Yeah. How does it make you feel, mm-hmm. right? Listen, that's why that one redneck artist I had hated country artist hated Ford. It makes him he doesn't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. He likes the Chevy feeling, like a rock. Not mm-hmm. built for tough. The brand is about how does it make you feel? So when you're trying to get to the bottom and discover what the artist's brand is, they need to figure this out for themselves and you can help them like with that questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Once again, it, it's you go to daredevilproduction.com forward slash discover your brand, download the questionnaire and make them fill it out and then talk about the answers. Now, for us, that questionnaire, when we have the answers, is a never-ending resource of content, Mm -hmm. right? There's sometimes where something's happening and there's something going on with the artist. Like, we've got two artists going on tour this fall. We're going to have a whole bunch of content happening because we can make it not just about the artist, but it'll be about the shows, the town. We can make that about them because they're on tour. Different than if they're not on tour, it's just about them, right? Yeah. There's subtleties when you peel the onion. But on a day where we're stuck, we're not sure what to do, just hit that questionnaire. You can take a quote from one of my favorite scenes in this movie called True Romance, which was Quentin Tarantino's first movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't direct it, he wrote it. And Tony Scott directed it. I think he did Aliens and everything too. But it's the star list on this because Quentin, it was the golden child at the moment, like the brand new guy that was just so hip and cool and conversational in his, mm-hmm. that's his brand, very conversational. His dialogue. Is, dialogue, yeah. I just want to watch Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta drive around that car with their black, you know, suits on, talking about a Royale with cheese. It's like, wow, this is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Like, Dude, a rat putting- may taste like pumpkin pie, but I wouldn't know because I wouldn't eat the filter milk. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And they're talking about culture. He's like, well, it's a quarterback. Yeah, but see, they can't say that because they're on the metric system. So yeah. it's a Royal. They're ha- this is it's a everyday conversations that people have. And that's what makes it attractive because you feel like, okay, I could be those two guys, except for yeah. I don't blow people's heads off. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. But you can appreciate the conversation that they're having. Right. Yeah. But there's a scene in the movie with Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken, two of the greatest actors ever. And Dennis Hopper's about to die. And mm-hmm. it's one of the most amazing scenes you'll ever see. It's the moment where they're having this conversation and all of a sudden it comes over the, this is acting. It, he doesn't say a word. It comes over Dennis Hopper's face. Like, Oh, I'm gonna die right here. Mm-hmm. And so then the direction, the dynamic changes. And he's like, I think I will have that Chesterfield. And because Christopher Walken offered him the Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. And, and so he lights up the smoke and he just starts ripping into, into Christopher Walken. Like, <laughs> like he's a punk ass, you know? Yeah. Just that scene, though, like describing that scene, anybody else who loves that scene, who's seen that scene, that loves that scene, gets it, right? There it is. So now we're connecting, we're communicating. Mm-hmm. both love this and then maybe you go off on with the actors on some other movies that they've done or whatever or maybe you're doing a christopher walken impression or this is culture this is how we connect with one another in real life and mm-hmm. we're just trying to put that onto the social media to show and demonstrate what the brand is at the same time again it's got to be congruent with and consonant with music Mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of gets confusing because sometimes you can expand the brand when you have a name and it's like adorable, right? There's a famous scene in the movie from Bull Durham mm-hmm. with the baseball movie, right? And it is Kevin Costner and he's like the old salty dog catcher that's catcher, in the yeah. AAA that's been to the show for 12 days and major leagues and just can't get there. And he's got to help bring up this new young, hot pitcher guy who's, uh, I can't remember who his name. He's married to Susan Sarandon, who's also in the movie. They met on that movie set. Yeah. But anyway, and this guy's like a buffoon, right? Cause he's a rookie. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's got all kinds of attitude. He drives a Porsche with a blah punk stereo and all that yeah. crap pisses off <laughs> Kevin Costner. So his job is to groom him for, the majors. majors. And yeah. so he picks up his shower shoes and they're disgusting, right? Mm-hmm. They're loaded with mold. He's like, dude, you got to get new shower shoes, right? Because when you're in the show and you got moldy shower shoes, the press will think you're colorful. But until then, you're just disgusting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. So extrapolating from that and bringing that in, Celine Dion can't come out of the box looking like Guns N' Roses. No. Right? Rip leather 
concert t-shirt. If she comes out of the box like that, that's her first record, and she's singing Celine Dion songs. It's very confusing. The brochure ain't like the ride. Right. But you know, 20 years later, when she shows up on Oprah with a pair of ripped leather pants and a Guns N' Roses shirt, it's adorable. Right. Why? Because we know Celine Dion. It's Celine Dion wearing a Guns N' Roses outfit. That's oh, it's cute. so cute. She can pull it off. God bless her. She still yeah. looks great. She's got a great figure. Oh, my God. I did it. But before that, it's confusing. Yeah. So you have to get to your brand. And the brand is how it makes you feel. So when you're talking about targeting audiences, when I tell artists like, because I have to ask artists that question, like, what are three other artists that are kind of orbiting around your thing, that are orbiting around your plan, like what you're orbiting around, that are in the same kind of lane? The first thing they go to is, I don't know what we sound like. I don't know who we sound like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not asking you about the music. Yeah. I'm asking you about the culture. The culture's going to determine the music, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to be a jam band and you're talking about a hair band culture, you're going to be pinging me mm-hmm. and I'm not going to care. Because <laughs> right, I don't do yeah. Right. So who are the people are going to show up? Like what other bands do those people go see? What do they like? That's what you want to ask. So, you know, sometimes I'll ask an artist, I've tried to put it this way and sometimes it goes sideways, but I'll be like, Hey, if you could open for any artist on the planet, big artist with a huge audience and go on a world tour as their support act, what artist would that be? And they go to the heartstring like, Oh, I've always loved, Guns N' Roses, or I've always loved Rolling Stones, and mm-hmm. I want to tour with them, and da da da. Okay, but think like a record label. Right. Whose audience would also love you, love your mm-hmm. music, would go to, would be, would just go with a friend to see the concert because their friend likes your music, and so they're going to like your music. That's who we're trying to determine. Like, what do they listen? What else do they listen to? And so in the email, he was asking about, Keith was asking about, like, the demographics, but you also want to dig into the psychographics, mm-hmm. right? Like, what else do they listen to? What do they eat? What do they drink? What do they drive? What do they do for fun? What do they wear? Mm-hmm. What do they talk about? What are their favorite sports? What magazines do they read? What TV shows do they watch? Bunches of musicians know inside and out the movie Spinal Tap. Yeah. Right? So there's your culture right there. There's a, there's a psychographic. And if you're a musician and you're young and you don't know Spinal Tap, shame on you. Okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> shame on you. Because it's about every band. So it, so it doesn't matter if you're country, rap, doesn't matter what genre you are. Like, that makes sense. Mm. That hits home. So this is the way you need to approach, like trying to discover what your brand is, number one, be able to articulate it, and mm-hmm. then make sure that it matches with the music and make sure that it is, because sometimes it can be different. You know, I think, I don't know like Kip Winger that well, but I've hung out with him a few times. I'm not close friends with him in any way, shape or form, mm-hmm. but I know this, this dude is like super intense. Mm-hmm. Right? He's always like deep in thought and he's super, super smart. So he's a ballet dancer. He used a lot of the ballet moves like you'll see like in his videos from this is, we're talking about winger here, the hair band. Yeah. Okay. And he's an amazing musician. Like he's written symphonies and performed them and directed like all this kind of stuff. Right. His personal brand, a little different than the winger brand. <laughs> yeah. Ringo Brands party band, woohoo, chicks, the whole thing, you know? So it's about culture. So you and I were talking about this before we started, Brent, and you, were, you brought up a really good point. You're like, well. I'm sorry, I didn't, get, I didn't hear that last part. Can you say that again really loud? You, the you mic? brought up a really good point. Oh, thank you. Okay, just make <laughs> sure I heard that right. <laughs> but when it comes to brands, like when you decide to go see a show, you're also deciding to experience that show with other like-minded people, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about culture, like somebody says, hey, John, you know, you want to go see fish? No, I don't mm-hmm. see fish because I know what's going to happen. But if you go to see fish or let's say Grateful Dead or widespread panic or the Almond Brothers, you can't be the kind of person that's going to be offended when somebody just blindly hands you a joint. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're just passing it down the row because that's what happens at those shows. That's the culture. So you're going there to be a part of that. Not, I'm not saying you're going there to smoke weed, but I'm saying that this is the, it's very free. We're dancing around. Everybody's high. Mm-hmm. And it's a very sort of lose yourself in the follow this musical journey that they're going to create. Not my cup of tea, 
but obviously massive audiences do this. These are bands that tour yeah. all over the world. Then you said, then you brought up Steel Panther. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now that is my cup of tea, right? <laughs> I love Steel Panther shows and you go see Steel Panther and you're going to see boobs. You know, women are going to be pulling their shirts up. It's going to be debauchery. It's going to be, it's by the way, toned down a lot. Like when those guys were coming up in LA, that's when I was living in LA. I've seen mm -hmm. so many shows of them. There's things I cannot describe on this podcast and still click the clean button that I just would be unbelievably irreverent. Yeah. It's like the Motley Crue dirt movie. The first three minutes of that on stage. Okay. But All that's right. what you're going to see. That's the culture, right? That's what you want to connect with. If you were to go see Barbara Streisand and somebody just sort of handed you a joint or pulled their shirt up and showed their boobs, you'd be like, wait, what? What? That's we're going to see Babs. We're going to yeah. see Babs. <laughs> yeah. Not boobs. We're a bunch of gay guys pulling up their shirts, baby. <laughs> so look at my chest. Right. <laughs> I love you, Barbara. That's the culture that we're talking about. And, and this is what the brand is. It's how mm. do you feel? How does the music make you feel? You know, if I feel like I want to go get high and hang with this big community of people and dance around, just lose myself in a 20-minute jam, then jam bands are your culture. And what other jam bands are... If that's what your music sounds like, then you need to be targeting people who like other jam bands, like Fish, mm -hmm. like Widespread Panic, like The Grateful Dead, like probably 20 other bands I don't even know about. Right, yeah. If you're a country band and you're a bro country band and it's all about party and fun and toes mm -hmm. up on the dashboard and bonfires at night and mud and, and take a dirt road and getting back to nature, then there are, if you start, when you get it down to that granular point, it becomes very clear, like, okay, these other artists have the same kind of culture that mm -hmm. we have. It's about the culture. It's not about the music. It's about mm -hmm. the culture. Like, how does the music make you feel? Not the how does it sound. How does it make you feel? And what kind of people do you attract? And when it's off, it can ruin a band. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this before, but Foreigner, right? I mean, think about the early Foreigner records that Keith Olsen produced. So good, like Hot-Blooded and Double Vision. Mm -hmm. Dirty White Boy and just killer rock songs, you know, yeah. like high blooded chicken. Yeah. I got a fever talking about, you know, talking about banging a chip backstage. I mean, and she's young, you know, and, and that's hot blooded. And then they do the record with Mutt Lang and they got this beautiful song, I Wanna Know What Love Is. And they got on the track a gospel choir. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is an incredible production. It's an incredible song. I wanna and it ruined the band why because all of a sudden the church ladies were showing up to hear that song <laughs> thinking that that they were going to get a bunch of that that's a very yeah. uplifting panda in the sky to god kind of song and yeah it, it can be very spiritual and then they kick in with you know dirty white boy, boy. double vision and they're yeah. like what the hell is this is not my culture like they were fooled <laughs> all right right and they were pissed and it was see so i think we're at the wrong place yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly one more last example like just on culture so the guy who used to run front of house for us when i was on tour has been now on the tim mcgraw tour for probably 15 years also with another guy that's from the same town that's been with him for like 20 years, John Prestia and McWick. And we know each other from way back. Wherever I am, and I've been in several different places in my life, if they're coming through town, they'll hit me up. Johnny, what's up, man? We're coming through town. You want to come out? You want to come around? Mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, we'll leave some tickets at the thing for, okay, man, cool. And so this one time they came to Glen Helen Park, which is where they had the Us Festival, which is like about an hour outside of LA. And they have four tickets for us. So I'm got Tim McGraw. I've never seen Tim McGraw. I know who Tim McGraw is. I'm a rock mm -hmm. guy. I am not in the country music scene. I'm living in LA at this point. I have not come to the country music market in any way, shape or form. So yeah. I'm ignorant of the whole thing. And I know this, I know this about nineties country. I was never, I love the stories, never a fan. of like the guitars because I missed, I want to hear a guitar and know in 0.5 seconds, like who's playing it by the tone. Mm. Sound. Like I can do, you know, I can pick out George Lynch, Eddie Van Halen, Boston, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like on and on and on and on. Like I know who that is just by the, just by the tone, right? The tones yeah. are all differently, but they're all decidedly the same in country back in, yeah. in the eighties and the nineties, because it was like pretty much Brent Mason. Same guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was his, his fingers, his tone, the whole thing. Yeah. 
So I go there. I got four tickets. I got a girl with me. I got my buddy. He's got his girl. We go in a killer seat, you know, 11th row, like right at the end of the jetway. And I'm looking up on stage and there's a Marshall stack and a friggin' uh, Les Paul. You're like, hmm. <laughs> and, I'm, and I have like a moment of anxiety. I'm like looking at my tickets because the math isn't adding up. I'm like, wait, I feel like we're in the right place because they let us through the damn door. Right, yeah. I showed them a ticket and they let me in. I picked up the tickets at the will call and they let me in. And now I'm here and I feel like this is not country. And it was Luke Bryan was opening up for him. Hmm. So all of a sudden I'm like, what? And then they come out, you know, to say, Hey man, what's going on? And I'm just like, dude, what's with the, what's the, yeah, we can do that now in country. I'm like, shut up. Like really <laughs> the culture change just mm-hmm. visually. I'm looking at something that doesn't fit my current picture of what country is. Yeah. And it's freaking me out, like mm-hmm. legitimately freaking me out. So, you know, killer's show is great. Whatever we hang out afterwards. And then I'm come out to, I fly out to Nashville to mix a project with Kelly, my, my ex-business partner. Mm-hmm. And it's like same year. And we are at third and Lindsay watching a band play. And there's a, there's a TV set behind the bar at third and Lindsay and the CMAs were on that night. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to pay attention to the, the act that we're seeing. And out of the corner of my eye, I just, I can't take it anymore. I look over and I just see a live performance on the CMAs. There's six stripper poles mm-hmm. with six girls in red, hot, Daisy Duke short leather pants dancing around like hot, mm-hmm. hot chicks dancing around. And who is it? It's that same dude, Luke Bryan singing <laughs> that first single uh, country girl shake it for me. And Our I just, early single. Yeah. Yeah. I just hit Kelly and the children. I'm like, look at this. It's like, this looks like a Molly Crew show. Now that looks like the nasty habits when Molly Crew took them out. Uh, the backup singers on, on, I think it was like the girls, girls, girls tour, you know, I'm like, what? Like you can do that in country now. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Whoa, what is going on here? You know, <laughs> culture change. Yeah. Culture change. The brand can change a little bit now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what it is, guys. I hope that's helping you make sense of that. You got anything you want to add to that? Man. No, you kind of blew my doors off a little bit. I had something and it's gone now. <laughs> I'm just thinking with Velcro. Velcro. That's what I have to add. For but today. that's but that's good. So like the things that you honestly love, they, yeah, the things that you honestly love, the things that you honestly follow, that honestly entertain you. That oh, I know what I was gonna say. Yeah, you don't want to show up at an Eminem concert with a Make America Great Again hat on. That's right. Yeah, Sounds yeah. The culture. Wrong culture. Wrong culture. He'll be right? looking at you, going, "You obviously don't know where you are." Yeah. And how do we know that? And how do we know that? Because Eminem's talked about it, right? Yeah. Oh, so who does he attract? Even more so than he, just he attracts two kinds of people, people left people. people like, oh, we hate Trump. Okay, great. And closet right wing people that aren't going to show up with a hat that just want to see right. Eminem. I'm just gonna, here for the music. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not, not going to disrupt that culture, right? Right. They're not going to disrupt the culture because because you're going there to commune to be in a community mm-hmm. to be accepted, to be a part of this thing that's going to happen. And that's the gig, man. So when you're trying to figure out your brand, go to daredevilproduction.com, discover your brand. Just tell us where to send it. We'll send you the free download. Go through those questions, answer every single one as honestly as you can. That's where you got to start. And then you got to start thinking about, okay, who else likes this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're going to find like, okay, instead of focusing on what you sound like or who you sound like or anything that's that irritating to an artist, just focus on the culture. Like what does their audience want to feel like Mm -hmm. and who feels the same way and can it work? Because it could be decidedly different sounds that have the same culture or can use the same culture to catapult. I mean, when the Black Crows first came out, they opened up for Aerosmith. Mm Mm-hmm. The two, Black Crow's more Southern rock. Aerosmith at the time was way more pop rock. Mm-hmm. That was the 80s. That was... Crying and Angel and... Yeah, that was the Fairchild. Yeah, that was the, the big ballads and, mm-hmm. and the big MTV stuff. This was not... I think the Black Crow's would be closer to Walk This Way to mm-hmm. their stuff in the early 70s and like the faces and everything. So their music, it wasn't the same by any stretch of the imagination, but the culture was. Mm-hmm. See, so it's not about the sound. It's not about the look. The look, I mean, Aerosmith way more flashy. Black Crows look 
dirty. You know, it's like they just came on and looked like the Stones in 1972 or something. Here's another example where it didn't really work. And I don't know the numbers behind this, but Queensryche on their second record came out and they were super, the record label had them all dressed up and looking like rock stars, like freaky space mm-hmm. rock stars or something. Yeah. Great album, by the way. And they, they toured with ACDC. So it's a rock culture, to be sure, but they're more like progressive, heady rock, and ACDC is more like, yeah, just pour a beer and mm, yeah, you know, have a drink like, on me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sure they got more exposure from that, but that's a weird culture thing, right? And mm-hmm. ACDC fans are notoriously like hardcore. Like, they don't care who you are. They don't care if you're the Rolling Stones. Get the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> you're getting in between me and my ACDC and messing with my happy. Like, I need to. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, I hope that puts some description into it and helps you kind of get your focus on the things you should be focusing on and not getting hung up on the things that you shouldn't be hung up on, Keith. And maybe that gives you a way to sell it to your artists so that they can wrap their heads around it as well. So get that free download, guys. Join the Climb community. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. Leave an honest rating and review. Don't think about it. Do it. We're trying to get those numbers up. We're trying to get way up. We want to get over like 200 ratings and reviews here in the next couple months. So finally, share it. If you love it, if you know it, share it. Let everybody know about it. This podcast is just because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.